Hi, you're hearing from me straight up this week because I've got two special announcements before we get stuck into my interview with Leonie Malonis from Strata Community Insurance, where of course we are talking all things insurance. Okay, first announcement with impeccable timing. We've had a question about insurance posted to the Your Strata Property website. The question is from Heather Law of Essential Strata Management. Heather is a strata manager in beautiful Bega, New South Wales. Now, Heather very kindly says that she's been listening to the podcast since day one and is very appreciative of the easy listening format and the quality of the information being discussed. Thank you, Heather. And Heather says that her team incorporates ideas from the podcast into their everyday practice. That is great to hear. Now, Heather's noticed that Section 85 of the New South Wales Act and Section 11 of the regulation have been repealed. And these sections relate to the need to obtain valuations for insurance purposes. And Heather wants to know when the repeals occurred and what recommendations I have to ensure that a property is adequately insured in the absence of this legislation. Now, with a new act for New South Wales just around the corner, this is actually something that I want to devote a full episode on in the near future. So Heather, thank you for your important question and definitely stay tuned for the answer, which will be in an upcoming episode very soon. Now, remember, if you do have a comment or a question, please do post that under the episode on the website. All the episodes are at yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash podcasts and I'll be sure to answer your questions in upcoming episodes. Now, the second announcement is that we have a bonus fact sheet accompanying the episode that you're about to hear with Leonie Malonis, and this fact sheet answers the common question of who is responsible for insuring various items within a strata scheme. So, what items are a lot owner's responsibility and what items are the responsibility of the owner's corporation or the body corporate? Leonie and I have put together this fact sheet and you can download a copy for yourself by going to yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash insurance. So sit tight for a very informative interview with Leonie Malonis of Strata Community Insurance and then head on over to yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash insurance to download your fact sheet. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and this is Your Strata Property. Leonie Malonis is a passionate insurance professional who has been involved in the insurance industry for more than 25 years. She has specialised in strata insurance for the last nine and a half years and is the Western Australian State Manager for Strata Community Insurance Australia, which we know in the sector as SCI. SCI provides specialist products and services to the strata and community title sector. It's an independently owned private company partnering with the Alliance Group, the largest property and casualty insurer in the world. SCI's founders have four decades of experience across six countries. Dealing exclusively in the strata insurance market, they understand the complexities of the sector and its governing legislation. Leonie is a board member of Strata Community Australia, Western Australia and convenes education and professional development for the membership in WA. She also sits on the National Advisory Board Committee for SCA. 
Today, I am delighted to welcome Leonie Malonis of Strata Community Insurance Australia. Welcome, Leonie. Thank you, Amanda. You make me sound so old. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, 25 years experience, so you must have started when you were 12. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I like that. (laughs) And of course, we've got you here today to talk about insurance, specifically Strata Insurance, and to try and um, give our listeners some insight and some enlightenment about what this often scary, complicated area is all about. So, of course, I'm going to ask you, first question, what does a good Strata insurance policy cover? And this is a very broad question, Amanda, <laughs> and, I, you know, it's, it's a hard one, actually, to try and consolidate for your listeners today, but I will definitely do my best. There is really many aspects to choosing insurance and what makes a great policy, and I could go on with a lot of different points here, but just to touch on a few vital ones which I believe are important for your listeners today. Firstly, a policy needs to comply with the Strata Titles Act of the state. So whatever state they reside in, it needs to comply to those requirements. And I guess at the end of the day, the aim is to make sure financially the Strata company or the Strata owners are protected for their assets and liabilities in their time of need. The other part here is an insurer has to be financially strong to pay large property claims. And if we reflect the Christchurch earthquakes, that was a large-scale catastrophe that occurred. Mm. And, you know, a lot of buildings in that earthquake actually were destroyed. Mm. So you need to have an insurer that can respond financially in those times. An insurer's claims team will have an understanding of how strata claims or should have an understanding how strata claims should be handled. It's about knowing how to handle strata-owned issues during disastrous events. So often an insurer is confronted with trying to meet the expectation of owners who are often the recipient of insurance claims, but often are not involved directly in the purchasing of the insurance policy. Mm, That's a really good point, yeah. And also a good strata insurance policy will provide for relevant and meaningful product benefits and pay these claims when they happen. So basically, the policy needs to react as it says it's going to react. Yeah. You mentioned there, Leonie, the policy needs to comply with the relevant legislation. Now, we, of course, in Australia have this wonderful system where every state has a different piece of legislation. I know. So, I mean, you answer this as you're comfortable in Western Australia, but what are the specific types of insurances that are required by the legislation? Yes, and you're quite right. I mean, around Australia, the acts when it comes to insurance are similar with some variations. Mm. So the main number one is property coverage. Property coverage, that is where you're insuring the property for its replacement reinstatement value. So that's things like covering against perils like fire, storm and tempest, lightning, explosion and earthquake. And in that replacement value, it also needs to include the removal of debris, and the rebuilding costs and professional fees. So it needs to encompass all of that. But also, in terms of valuations, it is also to include escalation. So it might be a claim that happens today, but it could be two years before that building is rebuilt or three years. Mm. And all those extra costs and additional costs all need to be factored into that replacement reinstatement value. The next area is public liability insurance. And most of the acts specified minimum limits. And I know across Australia, they all have different specified limits. I know in WA, ours is very low, but that is important. And of course, some acts 
stipulate the requirement for fidelity insurance. That's for the misappropriation of funds. And lastly, workers' compensation as required within the state you reside, because every state, just like the Strata Titles Act, workers' compensation also differs amongst all of the states of Australia. Mm. So, and then of course, the last part is really any other insurances that the strata determine is a requirement for them to insure against. Mm. So that's pretty much a bit of a summary of how the Act sort of work in relation to the insurance. Mm. And that's a really good point you make there, Leonie. At the end of the day, whilst you can tick the boxes for the mandatory insurances you must have under the legislation, it's important for every building to consider its unique circumstances. And every building is different. We have widely varying buildings these days. You've got commercial schemes and then residential schemes and mixed use, and they all uh, have their own intricacies. So it's important for a committee and a strata manager to step back and say, okay, well, we've got the legislated mandatories in place. What else might assist these owners if worst case scenario happens? That's very true. And we must consider what's required in the Act as minimum requirements. Yeah. Yeah, strata properties are now being built more sophisticated. Like mm. Their infrastructure is very complex these days. So therefore, it's really important that the strata needs to consider what the complex issues are and probably perform a what we call a risk assessment mm, yes. um, needs to take place. And the other thing too is getting back to what a good insurance policy needs to contain, it also needs to keep up with the growing demand of those increasing risks that the market's been presented with. Mm. So, therefore, whilst, you know, there are these minimum requirements in the Act, what they are or what they need to ensure goes beyond what the Act specifies. Yeah. So, that is really important. Don't just stick to what the Act is saying. That, yeah. that is just an benchmark. We'll move on to the next question soon, but I just want to cover this off because I think a lot of our listeners will be thinking about it. Something that is raised with me quite often is the relevance and the coverage of office bearers liability insurance. So I'm not sure if you refer to it as the same thing in WA, but insurance is going to cover your committee members if they're seen to do something or not do something that's then caused the building to suffer some loss. And committee members are often very concerned to know, particularly when they're dealing with strata lawyers and they're in legal proceedings, whether their office bearer's liability insurance will meet a claim or cover some costs. Is that something that you come across? Have you got any thoughts on that, whether that's recommended or you see a lot of buildings take that up? Yes. Another area of cover that is not required by the Act but an extremely important insurance section that should be considered to be taken out, what we find is that more often, people are starting to become aware of the need to have office bearers, but the limits are very, very low. Mm. You're, you're seeing, we see a lot of quotes that we've been asked to quote on, and the, the limits are just way low. Mm. What owners need to look for is, firstly, looking at that sum insured needs to definitely be lifted up, but in policies, they have a reinstatement as well. So I think it's important to look for that in a policy for office bearers for a, an extra reinstatement. Can you just explain what you mean when you say reinstatement? Okay, so if a policy is exhausted by a claim that sum insured is exhausted, the policy will then reinstate to the full sum insured again. So normally a policy, once the sum insured is used, that section then needs to be redone. Mm -hmm. So some policies have an automatic reinstatement and that means that the policy just is automatically reinstated. So I think that's really important. Mm. But 
the most important point here really is to look at the limit that they're specifying. I mean, obviously, I, it's very hard to give personal advice in relation to that, but start with how big your building is and, mm. and what sort of decisions are going on in your building, maintenance, upgrades, and all of those things that can trip you up. Mm. I mean, it's a voluntary position, so by the nature of being voluntary, they, they probably believe that there is no responsibility because it's voluntary. Mm. But unfortunately, that's not the case and decisions are challenged, yeah. as we know, Amanda. Mm. So, yeah, very important cover. Yeah, and I think um, your strata manager, if you have one, is probably a good place to start when you're trying to bed down exactly what that figure is and, and what you should be covered for because they'll have some pretty good experience dealing with similar buildings, the types of issues that come up in those buildings and what your level of, of risk and your level of exposure is as a committee member. So whilst, again, your strata manager isn't going to tell you or from a lawyer's perspective shouldn't tell you um, exactly what you should be insured for, this, they can certainly give you some guidance just as your insurance professionals can. That's correct, yes. Okay. So, Leonie, let's talk about some common situations where strata buildings find that they're actually not covered by insurance and they're surprised by that? Mm, that's a good <laughs> question. I like this one. Often we find that the expectations of insurance is that everything should be covered. Mm. But we know, Amanda, that isn't the case. And you think about your own circumstance. Do you know what's covered in your home and contents insurance policy? <laughs> you know, I think I know, but I'm sure I'll be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing, this one. Owners do have an unlimited liability, and that does extend beyond the strata asset. And whatever the shortfall is, they're responsible for it and to the full extent of their personal assets. Mm. Public liability, I'll start with that one. That's a classic because where an injury claim can end up can be very high. Mm. An example is where owners have taken a minimum limit, so some strata minimum acts are $10 million, for example, but what happens if the liability claim is presented as $30 million? So immediately there's a shortfall. Mm, scary and, stuff. Uh, it is. And um, I remember an, an example many, many years ago. It was a large claim that occurred due to a balcony collapse, which resulted in many seriously injured visitors. Oh and they were mainly professional people. It was awful claim and sad for those in, injured people. The owners of the property were unable to move on with their life. Because that claim hung over for over 10 years before mm. it was resolved. Yeah. So, yeah, so during that time, the extent of the liability wasn't really known and uh, those owners' lives were put on hold. The experience for them was dreadful and the owners, you know, just what do you do in that situation? You just have to wait. Mm. The settlement of this claim was well beyond the policy limit. Fortunately, the end result, I don't believe the owners were liable, but it is an example of, you know, where a low limit can leave you a lot of grief. A lot of grief. Yeah. Another area is machinery breakdown. Mm. Um, often we see that's not taken or that's missed over, but what you really need to do is undertake a proper review of your building, understand what's in your building, understand the electrical and mechanical plant how. And I guess owners potentially should ask themselves some questions like, do you have a lift? And what happens if my building lift goes out of service? How will the owners exit the building if the lift goes down? Mm. What happens if elderly people live on the top floor? Or what about occupational health and safety issues with the lift? So machinery breakdown is really important. I mean, it goes beyond just, you know, covering a lift. It could be air conditioning plant. It could be pumps, you know, water pumps, all sorts of things. So they really need to understand that part of it. 
Another contentious area, dare I mention, is building defects. <laughs> oh, those dirty words. <laughs> yeah, very dirty. Owners' committees need to review their policies carefully as insurance wordings differ in yes. the marketplace around this issue. Mm. So defects are not usually covered and only some policies do cover resultant damage from unknown defects. Mm. So an example very simply is like a burst pipe causing water damage to a unit. So policies in this area are not straightforward and therefore I can't stress enough today that owners must read their policy wordings. Mm. It's certainly an area ripe for dispute and one that lawyers generally get involved in when perhaps insurers have declined claims and there's some debate about what the policy wording actually means and what it covers and an owner's corporation thinks that they were covered for resultant damage and it turns out the insurers decided that they weren't. So that's not a very nice surprise to have. Yes. So reading your policy is very important. <laughs> yes. So another area is maintenance issues. Similar, I guess, to defects. And this is an area that does catch out, out owners quite frequently. For example, a burst pipe that has rusted away and finally bursts. The mm. resultant damage might be covered, but the rusted pipe isn't. Mm. There is, yeah, and there is expectations that wear and tear and maintenance issues should be claimable, but they aren't. Mm. And, uh, an insurance policy is not a maintenance policy. Yeah, and I think that really harks back to the point of purchase when people are buying into strata, understanding that they are going to have obligations to contribute money to the repair and maintenance of the building and to be very clear about the fact that insurance simply isn't going to cover all the costs. While it's there and it can be very helpful, there is the ongoing, as you say, day-to-day wear and tear and we're going to have to all pitch in and contribute to our share of that and that's the nature of community living. Yeah, that is, that's so true and uh, definitely from a claims perspective, we do see this area is, is something that isn't really clearly understood. So, mm. yeah, I guess other areas that differ a lot and how things can be claimed is in the area of the benefits. Mm-hmm. When you look at all the wordings on the market, it's a bit little, I sort of I liken it to health insurance really <laughs> where you, yep. you have all these benefits for dental, etc. Well, the same is for strata. If the, the wordings on the market today are a mixed bag full of different benefits. And so therefore, it comes back to understanding what's important to you and mm. what benefits you know, are meaningful for your strata. Mm. Just, I guess, you know, not losing sight of, you know, choosing the right insurance and not focusing on the price of the insurance, you know, not making price the denominator for the choice, but basically defining what the cover is that you require and matching the alternative quotes that you might want when you're choosing that whole insurance piece. Mm, Good tips. Okay, Leonie, can I ask you to share a story around how you or maybe SCI has helped a building with your, your skills in this area? Yes, uh, since SCI started, we have introduced Section 11. It's called Loss of Market Value. And how this section works, it was designed for buildings who encounter local council planning zone changes. Uh So, yes, which means that the building will be unable to be reinstated or, if it can be reinstated, maybe not to exactly what it was prior to the loss. Hmm. So in these instances, it can lead to a shortfall. And so this loss of market value shortfall can now be insured. And we are seeing clients starting to review this issue and take up cover in their policies. Is this something that's um, quite common in WA, the council rezoning and 
It is actually mm. in WA we have a lot of, especially around the uh, Swan River, the, mm. the different councils have different requirements that, or well, they seem to be changing them. It's something that's always subjective, but yep. definitely it happens. I'm not sure about the eastern states, but I do believe it does happen over in the eastern states mm. as well. I don't know how that uh, plays out. Another area that I'd like to touch on, and is a real example on a claim that we paid, it was a fire claim where the building had to be evacuated and that evacuation was a fire in the power area and the building, we evacuated and housed all of the tenants and the owners. And so SDI was able to put them all up for a whole week under emergency accommodation mm. whilst their building was repaired. So I think it's a really great outcome mm. for the residents of the building, but an ex- excellent example of emergency accommodation extended to the owners and tenants. Yeah, it's something that you hope never happens and it's certainly um, not common, but I know a building here in Sydney's eastern suburbs where precisely that happened. They had an explosion and they had to move a lot of residents very quickly and the insurers certainly stepped in there and helped out that building, so they were very grateful to have that, you know, terrible situation to be in, but that's when you're saying thank God for that policy. Yeah, and I think also too, Amanda, the the point is is that the tenants usually are the forgotten party Mm. But they are just the residents just as much as the owners. So I think that was a great outcome. Yeah, good story. Okay, some quick wins that some of our listeners might be able to take away today to get their insurance coverage in order. What would your tips be? Okay, I would start with the first place is embarking on a risk assessment mm. approach. Yeah, that would that's be number key. one. Detailing a plan that looks at every aspect of the business and assigns potentially a low or a medium rating, high rating against the issues including professional advisors, can help with this. Yes, I was about to say there are people who do these, isn't there? Yeah. Yes, yes, there is. And when you have identified this, an owner's committee can then decide should insurance be the mechanism that transfers the risk or should they adopt some other strategy, maybe it's something that may not be insurable. Flood is a great example of that. Sometimes the flood premiums, for example, might be so expensive that it might be easier to incorporate some sort of mitigation strategy for flood. Mm, so that's an example of that. Professional strata managers plays an enormous part in assisting in arranging the insurance as they can facilitate, quickly communicate the requirements and also assist the owners with a framework of reviewing the insurance. Also, strata managers get to know the building extremely well and are able to detail risk information to the insurers. Also, they deal directly with insurers when it comes to claims and get things fixed. In terms of a strata that embarks on a good regular maintenance plan, as we mentioned earlier about maintenance. Yep, prevention is better than cure. (laughs) Correct, and it is seen as a very favourable risk by insurers. Yeah, Yeah, they've got a good maintenance plan. That is a great underwriting from our perspective. Mm. As a building well-maintained is seen as a quality risk and less claims, that result in a better premium for the strata. Lastly, review your limits on your current insurance policy. Have you updated your building valuation? Very important. Keeping mm. your building insured as per the replacement value requirements of the Act is extremely important and they should only be obtained by undertaking a licensed valuation by, by valuers. I know potentially in New South Wales it may be a little bit different, but I know in other states, the importance of valuations isn't the same. And in WA, 
There is no requirement in the Act that states getting a licence valuation, but it is an industry best practice. Mm. And something that I've seen come up, which is an important issue to be aware of, making sure that when the building is being valued, the correct areas of the building are being considered. And this is an issue I've come across recently where there was a building and it was some 20 years old and renovation work had been done and it had been done by a lot owner. And for quite a long time, it had been considered that this extension that the lot owner had added onto the building was common property. And it was uncovered by one of the other lot owners who was sick of paying the very high insurance premiums that, hang on, this isn't common property. This is actually lot property. And this isn't the responsibility of the owner's corporation to insure. So in my mind, that's really a first step. Yes, get the valuation, but what is it you're valuing? And to be very clear by both looking at the strata plan and having someone visit the property, that we're valuing the right areas to get an accurate coverage. And we're not even either overpaying or underpaying for our insurance? Yeah, getting instructions to the valuer is Mm. very important and it's the councils or the the owners committees that really need to define what those instructions should look like and they themselves need to be clear on how those instructions should be presented to the valuers as well because getting it right is important. There's a lot at stake. Mm, Definitely. Okay, all really great tips there that I'm sure our listeners can go and implement very quickly to sort out their insurance worries. Leonie, what books have had the greatest impact on you and why? Okay, well, I don't get to read a lot because uh, (laughs) in my downtime, I love the outdoors. I enjoy running and doing all those sorts of things. Great. But... I did read a a book. It was a self-help book written by Cheryl Sandberg called Lean In. Oh, yes. We know that one. (laughs) You do, yes. And uh, I guess as women, we punish ourselves, almost perfecting the word please. And yes, I know I do. Mm. And we take the back seat rather than the front work. And we, we do work very energetically, I believe but we often don't let other people know about our achievements. Mm. So I think this book was a good book for me and I think I would recommend it for any person, a woman on the cusp of their career juggling hundreds of balls in the air with young children and family with demanding, you know, demands that they have at home and also trying to develop their career. So yep. that's a good read, that one. Mm, great suggestion. Yes. And um, fictional, which is always fun and enjoying, Bryce Courtney, Jessica, I enjoyed that Oh, book. yes. I think I've read that one. I'm looking over here mm. at my bookshelf and I think it's on there. <laughs> I remember that one. Mm. Wonderful. Okay, Leonie, how can our listeners find out more about you or about SCI? And is there anything you'd like to add before we say goodbye? Just a couple of little points. I would just like to re-emphasize to your listeners that uh, not to choose insurance based on price Mm. and to, you know, always read your wording and understand the cover that you're buying. I think that's important. And adopt a risk assessment, making sure that your building is well maintained. So basically, Our positioning at SCI is all about bringing the strength of our experience to a building and truly authentic and valued insurer protecting strata communities. It is the way we approach our product development. Strata community insurance can be reached online by our website with all contact details available www.stratacommunityinsure.com.au. Let me just clarify Um, that. So it's strata community insure, I-N-S-U-R-E dot com dot A-U. That's correct. Great. And as you mentioned at the beginning, uh, I'm State Manager here for Western Australia and can be reached through our website details. 
And thank you, Amanda, for your time today and interviewing me. Absolute pleasure to have you, Leonie. I think that's a really solid summary of what owners in strata buildings and even strata managers, I'm sure, are going to get a lot out of this, what they need to be thinking about when it comes to their insurance. So thank you so much for offering all of that value. Thank you very much, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? 